Welcome to the Conditional Release Program, a podcast that delves into the netherworld of cults, crims, and con artists. We don't like these people when it shows. We believe the best way to expose them is to hold them up to a harsh light, point our index fingers in their general direction, and mock them mercilessly. Take them down a peg or two until they cease to exist in any other form than the shit on our shoes. I'm Jack the Insider, otherwise known as Peter Hoisted for tax purposes. And I'm Joel Hill, and today we're kicking off with a deeper dive into the wellness industry. Now, this is such a deep dive, we are going to do this in two parts. First part today, second part next week. Now, it's, it's going to be a big one, but it's it's got to be discussed. We're setting up listeners for the disappointing moment we all remember from television sitcoms, the crushing moment when the to-be-continued message pops up at the end of it, just when things were getting interesting. And I feel your pain, listeners, but we have to do it this way. Yep, uh, we have to because this wellness thing is just so big and spinning out of control with serious like social and political consequences. And we'll get right in on what that is and what those consequences are in our deeper dive. But for now, we have to take a long, hard look at the news of the week. And that's why we call it the Conditional Release Program's Weekly News. Well, in big news uh, this week, the WA state election result. Wow. Ouch. AB, yes, lots of ouch, lots of ouch mm. and wows. ABC psychologist Anthony Green called the election for, for Mark McGowan's Labor 43 minutes after the polls had closed with just 0.07% of the vote counted. The WA Liberal Party can crazy. share an Uber to work and can caucus in a phone box. Reduced to just two <laughs> seats, maybe three, maybe not. 52 to Labor and four to the National Party, which is uh, in WA, a genuine country party, genuine regional party, not in coalition uh, with the Liberals. Uh, and uh, they actually make much of the fact that they are not Liberals. They're quite separate and they will be the new opposition. Uh, for the Liberals, it's a game of rock, paper, scissors to determine the leadership or maybe just... You know, heads or tails. Mm. Uh, Labor. Yeah, yeah, that's it, yeah. <laughs> Who draws the shortest straw, really? <laughs> <laughs> who's who's closest to the office? Who wants their political aspirations to be extinguished as quickly as possible? Anyone? Anyone? Anyone tired of this oh, political yeah. gambit? Anyone? Well, Anyone? Yes, we'll get to Zach uh, shortly. Um, but uh, Labor got 58% of the primary vote. 58%. It's the biggest blowout. I can't recall a primary vote that high, uh, and I went looking back uh, to quite a few state elections. Got to 2011, a genuine Seth will probably tell us, but 2011 was where uh, uh, Fatty O'Barrell, Barry O'Farrell, uh, <laughs> swept the power in New South Wales, and um, uh, he got 51.5 of the primary vote. That was a crushing victory too, but 58, nothing, nothing. Yeah. We've seen nothing like this, certainly not in recent times. Labor has total control in both houses. It didn't before this election. It uh, did not have a majority in the Legislative Council, the upper house. And now it's looking like getting 21 to 22 seats in the uh, 36-seat Legislative Council. And there really are some other strange things. In Dalkeith, in Peppermint Grove, Perth, Millionaire Rose, People have voted for Labor, for McGowan, for the very first time, for McGowan Labor, for the very first time. And uh, I guess there's all sorts of reasons for this. Um, we're obviously being told that, uh, you know, the, the management of the pandemic is one thing, 
and no doubt that's true. As a general view, that McGowan had, had handled the pandemic well, um, the internal lockdown, the lockdown of uh, cities and, and regional centres didn't last long in Western Australia. Uh, and then, yeah. of course, the borders went up and remained up for a long time. And, of course, Western Australians absolutely loved it. Uh, and, of course, <laughs> you know, they just loved the very idea. It's that- like the mini secession. <laughs> <laughs> look, uh, if McGowan's, McGowan is any in any trouble in the future, and that doesn't look possible, by the way, but he might have to play the secession card just to get that up. But he's got really nothing to worry about at the moment. The other thing, <laughs> the other thing you got to remember is that WA remained in growth, in economic growth throughout. There was no recession in Western Australia, yeah, uh, and that's kind of world leading too. In me, um, look, uh, there were other it things at play yeah. besides pandemic management and. Uh, Look, the young kitty running, uh, running, uh, or the opposition leader, uh, Liberal leader Zach Zerker. Look, just a pro future son. prime minister, as you like to say. <laughs> pro tip, son. Don't give the game away two weeks before they count the vote. Before the first vote is counted, you know. I mean, don't just say that's it. We're, we're yeah. all lost. I mean, he's, he's, I know he was doing a harm minimization thing, and there was always this sense of you know, like I am going to be an honest guy, and I'm not going to you know, lapse into those sort of political, you know, delusions that we're still in with a chance. But that's exactly what he had to say, that they were still in with a chance and and they could still have a major influence on what happened and, and, and those sorts of things. And, you know, he, yeah. was, he was in it to win it. That's what he should have been saying. But instead, two weeks ago, he just said, yeah. nah, look, we got no hope. And and this resonated in the ballot box. I heard stories yeah. about people handing out how to vote cards saying, you know, getting getting responses from voters saying, well, we're not going to vote for you. You're a loser. You're a loser. So really, you know, a bit of a tip yeah. there, young Zach, yeah. although you won't have to worry about it because your political career is <laughs> over. Um, the other thing that's really interesting. Oh, young Zach, yeah. I don't know. They'll probably find him a yeah, spot somewhere a in the uh, you know, administrative yeah. appeals tribunal. He'll be fine. Yeah, he'll be running a photocopy of there. Um, anyway, yes, yeah, you know, making sure the tone is loaded and, you know, yeah, that'll be his job. Anyway, look, there were concerns. While, while Zach turned up as a, uh, a fairly moderate character, uh, there, are, there are concerns about the Liberal Party mm. and its um, connections to the Christian or evangelical right or that the Christian or evangelical right was basically encroaching on the party and infiltrating them and obviously, I mean, look, it's the 21st century. If you're going to run an anti-abortion major political party, look forward to having the shit kicked out of you at the ballot box. You know, that's just an example. <laughs> so you're just going to, you know, I'm not going to do that. Look, the, 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 the other thing is that the no mandatory vaccine party polled more votes than One Nation. That's kind of took me by surprise too. Uh, that is There's only 45% of the vote counted, but um, anti-vaxxers uh, outpolled uh, One Nation by about, uh, by about 20%. Uh, what's counted so far, 11,000 votes to 8,000. So there's 19,000 half-wits yeah. in Western Australia we've already identified. So, yeah, quite quite. Quite, uh, quite <laughs> remarkable that. I would say it's just a shift across, though. Uh, <laughs> like yeah. it's it's the, the the mandatory vaccination guys have just nicked the votes from One Nation. Well, um, it, it, you know, it, like, and this is the thing: it's it's a big red line under One Nation, and, and it says to them, "Do we get into this? 
do we do we actively yeah absolutely it is such a the anti-vaccination movement you know? it's and, a red rag yeah it's it's a big it's a yeah, big step it's, for them it's to absolutely take. an invitation to court these assholes mm. yeah look it's one of those things where if they don't do it now they'll be too late to do it later so um wow. that, that, i think that's the, i've thought this for a while though you know i've said on record that one nation's going to pander to these guys and i think this is going to be an indication saying do it now or maybe just stop being a party yeah and speaking of minor parties, we're going to go for the lunatic fringe. Yeah. Oh, well, here we are. We 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 have hit the fringe. Uh, we have some news on the party of Pete Evans, the Great Australian Party. What a great name! It's a great name because yeah. Australia's great, right? We have talked about the party that invited Pete Evans to the Senate in previous episodes. They've invited him, you know, sent him a card and everything. The Great Australian Party, it's GOP, it's was founded by Rodney Cullerton, previously elected to the Senate under the One Nation banner, but determined by the High Court to have been ineligible at the time of the 2013 election as he was under conviction for larceny and subsequently was rendered bankrupt by one of his creditors to whom he owed more than $200,000. This is Australia's sovereign citizen Aww. party. Uh, they have big numbers in WA, particularly in the southwest of the state, the uh, the wet of the wheat belt, where soft sits make a lot of noise. <laughs> Interesting, interestingly, they chose not to run candidates in the state election in WA on Saturday. That is interesting, Joel. What do yeah. you reckon they're up to there? Do you reckon they just weren't ready? But I, you know, I, I think the real issue is they didn't want to basically. Um, uh, burn all their burn all their <laughs> all their publicity so early. They want to have a crack at the federal election, thinking. I don't. I don't think you're wrong there. Mm. I think. I, but, but, I think maybe the thing with the GAP is they don't believe in state government. Well, <laughs> I mean, they don't believe in federal government either. So you know, they don't believe in government. It's, uh, it's, they don't believe in government. They are. They will take the salary. Yeah. They, yeah. you know, they're willing. I, I do know. No, they will. Yep. I, I do know that Rodney did take the salary and the com car, which was not, which was actually technically repayable. And uh, the president of the Senate uh, did chase him up for a while, but I think got tired of saying, "Let's." You know, he basically Rodney Cullerton owed the Commonwealth. Uh, his salary as a senator and all the benefits that he received um, yeah. as well. Um, so yeah, they don't. <laughs> like I tell government. you, who's really easy to get money out of? A bankrupt. <laughs> I think. I think the president of the Senate just got sick of sick and tired of of writing the reminder letters. Uh, look, we do remind you that you currently owe us so over yes. two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Anyway. Um, uh, like most sovereign <laughs> citizens, Carlton doesn't believe in paying his bills. That's the thing. In the uh, 2019 no, federal election, he the, ran as, thing. as a GOP candidate for the Senate in WA while he was an undischarged bankrupt. And this led to the Australian Electoral Commission mm-hmm. referring his nomination form, a statutory declaration, uh, to the AFP, Australian Federal Police. But nothing came of it. The GOP polled poorly and no one seemed to give a shit. So uh, here we are again uh, because we can mm. report he, is, uh, he remains an undischarged bankrupt. Um, that is one thing that we discovered yep. uh, on the conditional release program uh, on Friday, that he remains an undischarged bankrupt. And uh, going off the party's website... He looks like he'd be on top of the GAP ticket for the Senate in WA, and uh, yes, you've got to you got to wonder yep. about all this. I mean, the nomination form. Just to explain to people, when when you are a candidate, either as an independent or representing a, a particular political party, you will receive from the AEC a nomination form. When writs are issued, and and the election has been called, those nominations are required. 
to be completed and, and sent to the AAC. And on that nomination form, Section 44 of the Australian Constitution appears verbatim. Right? And, and it asks of you, it's a sworn statement, it asks of each candidate that he that he or she is eligible uh, to to sit in the parliament. Now, obviously, Carlton ticked the wrong box in twenty nineteen, and he's going to do it all over again. It certainly <laughs> looks like that, and that's yep. the, that's the problem we've got. You know, the, the well, AEC didn't get in trouble the first time. The AEC cops are blame, but they're not a they're not a policing body. They can only refer. And they did refer in 2019. The AFP decided it was a little moment, and that's because our electoral laws are really, really weak. And that's why, you know, that's basically yeah. the way the major parties want them, so they can suck up and get some yeah. preferences for some of these parties. And not so much the Great Australian Party or Dow, uh, Labor, or or, um, <laughs> or the Libs will be uh, will be offering them too much. But but um, but that's that's the way it goes. And you often have, you know, it's one of those things that's almost ignored, uh, <clears throat> uh, but uh, some, you know, the, the major parties will actually establish their own very minor parties. Uh, that was, A lot of that was going on in the preference yeah. with Whispering Days. Um, still a little bit going on. They fucking love too. shenanigans. Yeah, so so we've That's got- That's so telling when, like, there'll be some sort of horrific thing that happens and the major parties, like, like when the Liberals had those- you know, purple signs in Chinese saying yeah. you must vote liberal sort of thing, whatever what that was. It was fucking awful. And Labor's just like, oh, it's okay. And it's their way of saying, <laughs> shut up, yeah, look, shut up. We do yeah. this shit all the time. Shut up. Yeah, yeah. No, Terrible. it's exactly right. You know, so so the, the, the problem we've got is that we have very, very slack laws designed not to be policed essentially. And so what we're left with in yeah. the case of Carlton is, you know, in the unlikely event that he is elected to the Senate, the only body that can say he can't do he can't do what he wants to do is the High Court. So we are going to only look at this in the review yeah. mirror. And and so Carlton becomes an, uh, becomes a senator again. The, it would be referred to the High Court by the President of the Senate, by the way. So there's a whole process. And then the High Court, well, you, you, you'd, you'd imagine it would, would be over fairly quickly in regard in regard to Carlton. But nevertheless, yeah. it's an expensive, costly, time-consuming exercise that, uh, that, 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 we, that we sort yeah. of persist with. Yeah. And, and look, I mean, it, he could just, just resign, I suppose, but... Uh. He's not going to do that because, because even as a subsidy, he's going to say, oh, I'm on 200000 a year pro rata until they sack me, you know. That's what happened last yeah, time. Yeah, 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 that's it. Anyway, so yeah. uh, in God, other news, the, well, the, the big news uh, yep. that's come about uh, from yeah, the Christian Porter rape allegations came last uh, week when the deceased's complainant ex-boyfriend, James Hook, issued a statement Hook is a trained lawyer and executive with Macquarie Group and the son of a former Liberal treasurer in South Australia. And in a statement, Hook expressed grief for the deceased friend, for his deceased friend, I should say, and, and concern for Porter's well-being. His statement in part reads, Mine is just one set of recollections and I am aware of the fallibility of human memory, however unintentional. That said, I have what I consider mm-hmm. to be clear recollections of relevant discussions I had with her, that is the deceased complainant, over the years from mid-1988 until her death. 
I also have what I consider to be clear recollections of relevant discussions I had with Christian Porter from April 1992 in Perth and through the mid-1990s, unquote. Hooker is very guarded in his statement, you can tell from the language, but it would appear that he had spoken with the complainant and was aware of the allegations from mid-1988 and had conversations with Christian Porter where these allegations may have been raised. If that is true, it appears at odds with Christian Porter's one and only public statement on the matter. In my view, Hook's mm-hmm. statement, further provo- uh, statement provides further weight for a judicial inquiry, one not required to make findings of guilt or innocence, but to assess the probity of the Attorney-General. Hook's statement further reads... In relation to any investigation of the important on criminal aspects of this matter, I support an inquiry like either that conducted by three retired eminent judges after Justice Lionel Murphy was acquitted of charges or that conducted by Dr Vivian Tom into allegations about Justice Dyson Hayden. I'm willing to testify under oath at any appropriately convened inquiry, unquote. The concern I have is that the government whose unerring position is not to have an inquiry, that's they haven't shifted from that. But if they were pushed into creating a judicial inquiry, that inquiry might be set up in a way that could only lead to an open finding, which will be misinterpreted by some at least, as a finding of innocence on Porter's part. In the meantime, it is trial by media, no matter which way you cut it. And the thing about that is it can work both ways. And some media will seek to find Porter innocent, others guilty, the only release valve is a judicial inquiry, but can we have faith in, Morris, in the Morrison government uh, that it would constitute a fair and comprehensive judicial inquiry? Questions, Charles. So many questions Probably and not. we're not getting any answers, but we do have some answers on another matter. The conditional release program has been censored, yeah. cancelled, if you like, uh, with one of uh, our YouTube videos coming down after a complaint from some right-wing fuckknuckle. And this was our Unholy Trinity episode uh, where we told the story of actual pedophilia and police cover-up in Victoria in the 1960s and 1970s. It's a true story. It was uh, a a book that's That's been published uh, eight years ago now. It was subject to uh, investigation by the Royal Commission uh, and found to be true. Victoria Police Force offered apologies. The retired detective or the, yep. the uh, uh, D- Dennis Ryan was was vindicated in the Royal Commission, subsequently received an apology from the Victoria Police Force and was compensated by the state of Victoria. So this is a true story, but it looks like it was yep. punted by a pilled yep. lunatic who thought we were mocking pedophilia when we mentioned Pizzagate, which is a hoax. We told a true story. Complete fucking fabrication. And in the context of it, we referred to uh, a known hoax. Either that or they really liked the way Victoria Police handled the situation in Ballarat. We don't really know. Fuck's sake, Joel, what is going on here? (laughs) You just imagine that. Yeah, look. It is a bit ridiculous. Uh, I like the, th- the idea of like someone listening to it and going, oh, this is a witch hunt. The cops were well within their purview. The Catholic Church were just doing their jobs. <laughs> these, these, a lot of, some of the offences that were, were described in that book were was, was subject to, uh, was subject to um, uh, um, uh, civil and criminal proceedings subsequent and, in, and found to yeah. be true. Yeah, anyway. 
Yeah. And they're fucking awful. And this is the uh, thing that's ridiculous about the idea of cancel culture and making it out this like ridiculous left wing issue where like you know the right of victims, the left mm. of the aggressors, we're all a bunch of book burning librarians or some shit. Like it's just <laughs> this weird idea. And look, let's face it. At the end of the day, there's the left and the right. They're both clicking the report button. Yeah. And cancel culture yeah. on a scale that we're observing is not as much about a left or right ideological it's issue not. as it is about it's economic not. fucking rationalism. Well, I, I don't even go. I, I actually ridiculous. put it down to, to, to basic human misery. The people who simply cannot, uh, cannot allow um, a, a views and opinions and information to be presented in a way that they don't accept and are therefore yep. offended by and then seek to have it removed. So it is age of censorship stuff, but don't think for a moment that it belongs to the left or the right. It is something that works across the board. It is a yep. basic human failure. This is a bipartisan effort of Fuckery. So basically, to give an idea of what actually happened here, we apparently fell astray of YouTube's harassment, threat, and cyberbullying policy. And like, honestly, this is just ridiculous. The actual policy states that content that threatens individuals is not allowed on YouTube. We also don't allow content that targets an individual with prolonged or malicious insults based on intrinsic attributes. And these attributes can include their protected group status which is a link to a whole bunch of protected groups which not a part of the episode <laughs> or physical traits unless physical traits relates to your proclivity towards raping children in a fucking church then no we didn't actually go after you mm, uh so yeah. it's just it's just absolutely absurd and the thing that's really bizarre is it was the unholy trinity episode applying it to this episode is ridiculous we can be such assholes in other episodes but this is the one that crosses the line mm. but we do not call people out on public record in this episode and the ones we do are as we said they are in the historical you know the book like they they it's legit this has been through processes but I personally think, and this is what I was saying in the economic rationalism line, that the real issue here is that we have 30 or so subscribers, <laughs> someone reported a video, yeah, and so they basically know. looked at it. They saw we had an hour-long episode up and went, you know what? This is going to cost too much to moderate. Let's just ban the video. Mm. And it's not about whether we were harassing or cyberbullying. It's not about whether we are making problematic content. We're a small fish in a big pond. And if there's going to be any problem of liability on YouTube's part, they'd rather just delete the video and move on than actually bother to do their fucking jobs. Mm. So, I mean, look, we do not harass or cyberbully. We call people out. But usually they're people of prominence in the public. For example, we don't fuck with Pete Evans' spouse, even though she put herself out in the public, because we think these things are off limits. We don't want to target individuals who are not a part of the public purview because that's just not cool. But YouTube don't give a fuck about these things. Mm. They don't look into requests. Uh, they don't look into reports. They don't look into appeals because instead of spending the money and actually, like you know, moderating their platform, yeah, they're just going to do the done. path of least resistance. Lazy mm. motherfuckers. Yeah, look, I, I don't want to make this sound like a complete winch from us. I mean, but the, the real issue for me is that. What's happened here is it's something that is actually truthful and honest and an historical account yeah. of a terrible episode in uh, in Victorian yeah. social history has just been pushed aside by a fuckwit liar. I mean, yep. so, so basically the, the, yeah, the disinformation that's won. That's what bothers me. Yep, 100%. That really pisses me off. And the thing that's really funny is like, 
a lot of our other episodes, while not being cyberbullying or harassment, I wouldn't have so much of an issue yeah. with it because we can I mean, be a bit spicy. We can be yeah, a bit yeah. acerbic. Yeah, absolutely. But not this one. Yeah. This is our most noble episode. This is the one moment where we went <laughs> and we did something that's actually worth fucking doing as opposed to speculating about yeah. fucking kids in tunnels and shit. Fuck. And then bloody ban it. Yeah. 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 So, uh, get fucked. Left, right, fuck them all, Joel. It's time to get well. We need to get well, and that's why so many of us are drawn to the wellness industry. All they want to do is make us well. well. And what could possibly go wrong there, Joel? And we're about to find out because Mm. you're going to tell us, Joel. You are a man earmarked uh, for hippiedom as a child, and thank God you break free of it. You know (laughs) these people. You've smelled them. You've licked them. You've sat down and broken activated almonds yeah, with them. Guilty as charged. You can tell us all about them. Why it's all a grift and very often dangerous. While well, I try and splutter out why I fucking hate them so much in our deeper dark. The wellness industry, Joel, what the fuck is going on there? Why are we seeing people who were tediously promoting weird, weirdo diets a few years ago have now got the 500-yard stare of the dangerously pilled coldster? Yeah, it is a little bit like that. One of the things that's truly boggled my mind over the past year and a bit is the bizarre crossover with the New Age and wellness communities and the QAnon conspiracy universe and you know, sort of wider misinformation uh, galaxy. It's often known as conspirituality, which is this sort of right-wing lunacy that has invaded spaces like yoga, fitness, and health, especially on the more vapid of the social media platforms like Instagram and TikTok, where everything's about image and uh, lots of really soft uh, appeals to um, to conspiratorial thinking. Now, I come from a new agey background. Uh as a kid, my upbringing was surrounded by eccentric characters of like sort of new age schools of thought. We used to discuss conspiracy theories and alternate approaches to health all the time. Total matter of course. I grew up with a fairly healthy skepticism toward big pharma and conventional medicine, you know, multinational companies, government in general. And I still hold a lot of these beliefs today and for fairly good reason. You know, for profit healthcare can turn seriously Leave big bad. big farmer alone, Joel. Jesus Christ. I Leave know. But thalidomide, Vioxx. I mean, come better. on. They oh, mate, fuck they better. fuck up sometimes and it's naughty because it's that thing of if you've got something and you want to make money out of it, maybe you don't need to be too careful about it. And I know, and we've spoken about this before, no, they do yeah, miracles. Yeah, yeah. But they also, Vioxx, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some All of right. the suits can be a little bit silly. Now, this can be a bit of an unpopular opinion in a lot of spaces because it becomes a polarized issue. You either love Big Pharma or you hate Big Pharma. I yeah. sit in the middle. But I do think there is a space for alternative health options. I think people piss on homeopathics too much. And I believe that there are holistic approaches to health, just like fucking Pete Evans does say, including a good diet and exercise, which are far better (laughs) options than just perpetually medicating conditions that arise from things like food allergies. I think most medicos would would support that too. I mean, yeah, well, that's true. Most medicos would support all that stuff too. Yeah, Yeah. no, you would say so as well. But it's just one of those things where it feels like just being healthy seems like a, you know, a bit of a no brainer and then going from. Yeah, but yeah, and it, I mean, it's, it's common knowledge, yeah. Yeah, and that's the, that's the backstory, but here's the catch. Mm. The fucking moment you start using disinformation campaigns to push your alternative health therapies in some sort of anti-vax bubble of nonsense using just mm. complete fucking lies and yes. just generally just grifting people, 
you're dead to me. Now, I can see why people were seduced by amount of exposure that spreading QAnon conspiracy theories gave them and their businesses in the alt health space on places like Instagram, where all of a sudden they're getting all these likes and people are clicking on their fucking supplement website and they've got a lot of money because that is a lucrative path to follow. But if this is how you want to make money, your credibility is dead. Listening to stories of families being ripped apart by delusional fantasies brought on by a participatory conspiracy universe are heartbreaking. This ruins lives. And this is how you feel compelled to sell your fucking magic health pills for a few bucks above retail. There is a special place in hell for you. I've got no fucking time for you whatsoever. At all, I've often wondered. I've often wondered with this stuff, you know, when when you, you when you do have these sort of miracle type, you know, miracle pills, miracle cures, you know, these sorts of things. There's always been that, you know, role of snake or salesman. But this day and age, you know, a lot of these things must be skating so close to to the wind of um, uh, of fraud, you know, yeah. obtain financial advantage by deception. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see it done like that. Yeah, yeah, well, uh, that's that's a whole other issue. That basically fraud's not properly investigated in this country unless it's worth millions. So, really, because of police resources, a lot of this stuff just doesn't doesn't get looked at. You know, no, Uh, the fact it's it's quite difficult. People are making outrageous claims about essentially placebo treatment. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's really tricky because when it comes down to it, if it's harmless, it's harmless, and it is what it is. But Mm. When you make these crazy claims, you're skating too close. You're mm. skating way too close. And look, while I get the mistrust of big pharma, and wellness types have always had this idea that big pharma should be seen at through you know a bit of a squint. There's a huge fucking difference between this idea that pharmaceutical companies within a capitalist realm can play silly buggers to increase uh, stock value. And believing batshit theories about fucking Dan Andrews keeping kids in tunnels <laughs> underneath Melbourne. Or, of course, leak. It's a big they leak, fucking go, they, they go mm. to sovsit shit. Like Australia is a fucking corporation and you can talk your way out of speeding fines with pseudo-legal gibberish. Like, where'd that come from? That's left yeah. field. And we've just seen this change over really over five, almost ten years ago. You know, the, the, the basically you've got a wellness industry that sort of offered weird diets and so forth, you know, with, with various health claims attached yeah. to now sort of full cult bizarre behaviour. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think, you know, I, I think basically, yes, we've seen a lot of these sort of influencers, senior influencers like people like Pete Evans actually yeah. have driven this, but I'm, they're not at the top of the they're not at the top of the hierarchy. It doesn't feel like it. No, no. it certainly doesn't. You know, this is, almost, this is almost a psyop, you know, that this is basically a, a, a method of brainwashing people. Feels uh, like it. And, and the work is sort of half done because these people are, and, you know, people in the wellness industry are, are sort of willing sceptics, you know. And they're just riding the coattails of what could mm. be a effort to destabilise trust in Western institutions by malicious actors using the internet to essentially stage a giant psyop to, uh, you know, pursue, you know, government ends. All for profit. Yeah, uh, yeah all, all for profit in some form or other, either it's an economic one or, or a political one. Yeah, um, yeah. Look back. It's in not the, back, like we're being conspiratorial here, but the, you know. <laughs> yeah. The, look back in the day. I mean, I, I, I know friends who, you know, adopted, you know, started doing yoga, and then you know, two years later, they're they're wandering off to Indian ashrams. Yeah. And and, yeah. and handing over a fair bit of dough when yes. they go. So this is a fairly common thing. But but yoga's 
Yoga's even gone crazier since then. Yeah, yoga's gone batshit. Like the Conspirituality podcast really covers this really well because those guys are really in that sort of vibe. But yoga's always had these cult-like vibes with these ashrams you're saying. You know, like they go mm. there and they sign off their, like, their estate to these yeah. lunatic fucking yogis and them. All these gronks will do this sort of thing. My mum did the same sort of thing in India, but luckily she didn't, you know, give all of them, well, whatever she had at the time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> not a lot. But like essentially... This is this thing, like you've got these yoga spaces online. They heavily valorize attractive leaders in the field. And this is the kind of thing that's really like makes them quite vulnerable to an attractive grifter who will just come and say the right yeah. thing and, you know, open the yeah. door or open the wallet. But seeking enlightenment from a con man is something we're all used to. People have been doing it for years. It's totally a part of the yes. yoga canon and it's fine. I don't know. Fine. Do you think if you want to sign off your kid's inheritance to some whack job in fuck India all power to you. But then you see these people <laughs> sharing memes about trans people not being valid and whinging about like right-wing yeah. tropes like cancel culture, like as if mm. it's almost like they're not even sharing it, thinking about it. They're just in yeah. this space. How do people in yoga wind up in this space? Basically, at, 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 the, at the pointy end of right-wing politics, at the real extreme end of right-wing politics. It's like it's it's really in the, in the jungle. And like I just find it really difficult, the idea that you could be a yoga teacher who's not pilled and having to dodge lunatics mm. at class. You know, they're coming in and they're, you know, they're wearing giant T-shirts saying like, you know, I'll get a vaccine over my dead body and things like that. And you've just got to learn how to avoid conversations about Bill Gates. It's like... Almost like you like they should be a module at yoga teacher school, which is like avoiding conversations about pilled nonsense and like you know. So if you've got pilled people in your class, here is how you deal with them. Because otherwise, like you know, you're a pariah for not being a fucking lunatic. Yeah, it just I just think it's nuts. And look, I've got no issue with yoga. I think yoga is really like a, a positive discipline. I think it's, it can be really impressive when you see someone like just casually look, stretch their fucking leg it's, over their it's head. A very. Yeah, look, at face value, it's a very good way of maintaining um, flexibility and fitness yeah, in the body. mindfulness and, as well. You can go in there and lose yourself for an hour in the class. It's great. Well, there's all, all sorts of yeah. all sorts of benefits to this thing. So we're not anti yoga, but 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 basically, what we've seen in the last few years is that if you go to a yoga class, you may well be in the contact of people who've got some very strange views, straight out cult views yep. of the world. Yeah, which is this cycle of the internet feeding mm. reality as well. Yeah. yeah, you know, and this is the thing that's like just like bizarre because it seems like yoga is being weaponized for political gain. And that's something I never really thought I'd say. And they couldn't give a vipadyasa-shaped shit about yoga. They just want to recruit people into their ideological cult. And when it's they get gift. them there, mm. they either sell them things or they just yeah. use them for political sway for things like, yeah. for example, sovereign citizen movements where they get all these fucking wellness kids to send letters to parliament saying, I do not consent to your laws using all this alternate fucking constitutional language. Yeah. I mean, they didn't find that on their own. They were directed to it. Yeah, look, uh, that's absolutely right. So you you, you, you do have this, this almost a conflict in ideologies, but that's where it's happening. And it's all based around that these people are not into authority figures. They are no. mistrustful of government. They are, yep. and that's a starting point. That's a starting point. If and you're that- if you're you're flogging if you're flog, flogging Nazism or if you're flogging uh, the soft sit movement, these people become uh, 
easily pilled. And this is why, you know, yeah. the, the, these people are always going to be steadfast against whatever G is coming to a phone near you. And they've been convinced yeah, that mobiles yeah. will kill us all since since they first came out. They're always going to be vaccine hesitant. And a lot of them are going to think the Illuminati is a thing, you know, that, that, because yep. of that general scepticism, and that is something that they all share, yep. a good chunk of them go yep. down this sort of lunatic fringe way. They're fringe by default. They're very you vulnerable know. to it. <laughs> it's yep. a way of life for them. Yep. But seeing these people turn into fucking sovsits just seems really, really fucking odd. You know, yep. and MLM grifters, yeah, you can see that. The rules are reptiles, sure, but constitutional uh, yep. law scholars, you know, and yoga, yep. fuck off. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. The mix doesn't make any sense. Now, one thing that I think does make sense is the way in which the conspirituality tends to target women. Yes. And it turns out this is a perfect fertile ground. No pun intended because women have a great reason to be skeptical of medicine because doctors often in the five minutes that they see them dismiss conditions like endometriosis as some sort of bullshit made up health problem. It's a bad period. Go home, you know, do the dishes, fuck off. Like, and I'm not discounting doctors. Doctors are wonderful people, but a lot of people have very difficult relationships in the conventional medicine field when there's not a lot of listening going on. They either don't have them, that is the relationship with a, with a GP, or... Yeah, like a stable uh, GP. Or, 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 or they do have one and it, and, and it can be a sceptical one. You know, it's not Yeah, it's really difficult. Once you get a good doctor, it's amazing. I've got a great doctor and I just mm. absolutely adore this guy. He calls me fat all the time and I'm like, finally, someone's holding me to account. <laughs> but like, he's really, he's really, really good and very attentive. Yeah. I remember the first time I went to him, he... I, I went in there to get a sick note for university many years ago and he checked all my shit. I'm like, why are you checking me? Like, why aren't you just giving me a note and telling me to piss off? He's like, well, I want to check if you're okay. It's like, you care? And it was yeah. great. No, look, it was it's, amazing. It's absolutely right. Um, and, and that's just tremendous advice. If you don't have, uh, if, a, if you don't have a GP you're satisfied with, get just in one. terms of your overall treatment, then go yeah. and find someone who is. Um, yeah, and they, they, they definitely exist. They certainly they absolutely they, they do. Certainly do. And that changes yeah. things a lot. So, yeah, look, a lot of – I mean, I, I, I do get the idea that, that a lot of this sort of scepticism is – it comes from um, perhaps failures in medical science. Yeah, and uh, capitalistic know, and fight, medicine as well. Of the administration of it. But yeah, yeah, administration, yeah. yes. Uh, churn, <clears> churn, churn. It's hard. So if you get a nice little place, sometimes you've got to pay for it, but sometimes you don't. My doctor, who I love, he bought bills. Mine too. I adore the guy. Mine too. Yeah. And, and I spent way too me, long in there. After me, looked after me post-surgery, did a whole lot of very good things for me, so I, I, I obviously keep seeing him. Um, but the real yeah. thing that has absolutely astounded me uh, is these people are now ultra-conservative. So you've got yeah, you know, it's weird. yoga influencers who are really extreme right. And it's just, yeah. you know, you you could not have foreseen this happening years ago. The yoga influencers mm. are uh, actively campaigning for Republican candidates in the USA and we're all meant to see this as, you know, normal. It's not yeah. fucking normal. No, the QAnon it's not. shaman is another example of this. We talked about him last week. Looking at 28 <laughs> years. Poor bugger. Bastard. <laughs> fucking. Anyway, staunch Republican. Love you, Mum. Why would he be a staunch Republican? <laughs> Yeah, it makes you know, no sense. There's no, there's no fucking rationale for this. The fucking lunatic calls himself a shaman. He practices weird woo rituals, 
that he probably found on the internet. And in the same yeah, breath, likely. talks about God and his love for the Constitution and the Founding Fathers. It just doesn't make any sense. These things do not no. add up. They are not related. They are not the same. And yet here we are, all these neatly packaged into one cooked idiot. And just one of millions, by the way. He famously had his mum petition a judge to get him organic food in jail because apparently if he doesn't eat organic food, he gets very sick. It's bullshit. You can't get sick that way. Yeah. This is obviously it's all in his bullshit. head. But who put it there? How did this eccentric character turn into such a confused, bewildered nutcase and find himself in a federal prison for his trouble? And we also see this in our mate Pete Evans. While he's always been a bit of a fruit loop, he never really showed signs of actual fascism until he did. But he isn't starting the trend on yeah. this. He's just following it. Yeah, he just shares shit. I mean, like old Pete, he's not a thought leader. No. A lot of the stuff that he posts online are direct shares and no commentary. He started commenting more, but this is the thing. The trend he's following is this insidious one that has seen people expressing horrific transphobic views on a pose that then signs off with some bullshit fucking platitude like yeah. love and light or peace namaste. Peace love. Peace. Peace. Yeah. You don't get to say that after demonizing someone. You just can't do that. <laughs> you know? Well, they it's do, like they do it all the time. It, they it, do. It, it's disgusting. It's almost just sort of passive-aggressive thing where they just spread out is. a sentence of hatred and then go, peace and love, everybody. I mean, it's just yeah, fucking yeah, like crazy. You a trans woman, a freak, or you insinuate that, like, you know, Michelle Obama has a dick, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, but we love everyone. Love well, you don't love, love her. You. Love you guys. Yeah, yeah, you fucking lunatic. So, uh, look, I, that sort of shit just absolutely drives me up the wall. If you are going to be intolerant, I'm sorry, you don't get love and light anymore. That's out. I don't, we don't say love and light at the end true. of our fucking podcast after railing on people for an hour. Like, no, you know, we have no love. We, we engage in professional cynicism and we're fucking honest about it. Like, you know, we're not here yeah. to bullshit you and make you think that we're going to give you a big hug. This podcast is often an hour-long punch in the face, but, like, we're not going to dress it up in pink clothing. I mean, for fuck's sake. Yeah. It's very frustrating. It's very frustrating. Very yeah. frustrating indeed. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, Well, look, wellness types, this is the other thing, you know, have, have priced people on low incomes out of the cult. I mean, you know, yeah. that, that people on low incomes aren't susceptible now because uh, unless they've got a lot of disposable income, that is, yeah. they're, 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 they're out of the market, you know? Yeah, yeah. You, you rarely it. see a, a, a sorry, overhyped supplement spruiked by some new age grifter and say, gee, that's a that's – a, <laughs> That's oh, a, a, he's charging. He's charging a reasonable price there. That's a bargain. Yeah, the that's reasonable. Green yeah. smoothies only really work if they're expensive. The meat yeah. better be organic. You know, fifty dollars a kilo for chicken breast, or you're doomed to be riddled with cancerous growths. I mean, yeah. where, where does this? What place? What what fucking planet in the fucking solar system, or indeed the fucking known universe, does this kind of shit make sense? And the thing that really shits me with this is there's this weird thing, and this is something that gives a little bit of resonance to the idea of these guys in this sort of conspirituality sense of being Republicans, of being the right wing, is that if you don't have the money to buy a $50 kilo chicken breast, and we throw we pull that figure out of our asses, but, you know, expensive produce of the highest organic order, then it's almost like you deserve the cancerous growths. <laughs> now, you brought <laughs> this upon right. yourself. How, you know, how, we gave yeah. you... The way forward, and you didn't listen to us, you know. Yeah, and Pete Evans frugal, is accused well, regularly yeah. of doing this. Being you know, frugal like why can't you spend tumors. this money on food? 
Mm. And it's like, you know, a lot of these people who are in the wellness space, they're not famous for being clever or successful and they can't afford to get fucking organic produce. And when a health issue comes up, there's this entire culture around them which says this is your fault for being poor. (laughs) You should have worked harder or whatever or your parents should have given you more money or however you're meant to get your hands on some organic kale. And, And it's your fault. And that really resonates with that individualistic atomized approach that the Republicans take. And it's the one thing with this mm. ridiculous another, yeah. way of another thinking connection. that makes a bit of sense. And, mm. you know, but what, like, what happens here is that this whole thing just gets bred by the internet and the way it works. And the internet, the currency of the internet is attention. It's likes, it's shares, it's viral marketing. And almost any modern phenomenon at this point can, like especially in this sort of space, can be back to some insecure grifter or some sort of like, you know, entrepreneur who's posting shit for internet likes. And this is how they get their business. This is how they get their things. There's people yeah. who do this for a living. Grifts. and. Grifters. Yeah, uh, most of them are. You know, some of them do it in a sort of valid sense of just being a part of the bloody, you know, the, the marketing hemisphere. But realistically, the most common thing about trying to get shares, trying to get likes, is there's a grift attached to it. Now, yeah. often, uh, you know, like a like a you know like an anti-vaxxer meme or something like that, they'll have more shares than likes or comments, which is just crazy because when it comes down to the way in which that translates into virality there's exponential growth there and that kind of vital social media is currency and that currency is valuable when it's tied to a product and they're getting better at doing this and at first it was more of just the endorphin rush of just getting your message out there and feeling like you're pilling people but now there's always something attached it's always, it's to the message been, it's always been like that there's yeah. always a catalog you know like in there and this is why they'll have some ridiculous claim about vaccines and then there'll be a, like a you know like a text link in their fucking you um, know, in nine their, nine stuff Come here. Come on. Spit him out. Oh, Who we David got? Avocado fucking know. wolf. David yeah. Avocado wolf is just the absolute worst of doing this. But we'll come to him in a second. Basically, yes. one of the things like that we need to just sort of slip in the side here is just a nod to Pastel Q. And this is a, a, a Mark Argentino, who's a well-known Q researcher. He came up with this idea of this sort of Pastel Q, and it's Pastel Colors Q. It's all, this is where all the Save the Children shit comes from. It would be remiss not to mention this in this part of the episode because this is where a lot of people in the yoga and wellness space find themselves falling down the rabbit hole. And they make it very mm. vague. You know, they invite you to look at a certain thing about saving kids. And people think, oh, well, saving kids is noble. We'd better do that. Same and then things. YouTube yeah, that's a just good thing. throws you yeah. down a dark tunnel of shit. And all the algorithm just absolutely Fucking just YouTube. serves you up slop in a trough. And these people just eat it up because – for some reason, they just they're skeptical of Western institutions, but some random guy with a webcam, oh, that's gotta be fucking legit. So Instagram influencers being brilliant at marketing, seeing an opportunity when they found their likes just went up exponentially when they mentioned conspiratorial stuff, they dress these things up in these pretty colors. They post these quotes about the children with clouds in the background, these inspirational pictures. And these gives the, you know, the gives the, the reader these like feelings of being a hero. There's this excitement. Posting things about saving the children is absolutely perfect because you can't oppose it without looking like a prick. I mean, how can you be against saving the children? Yeah. Like, what's wrong with you? And mm. and it works. It what works you, really, really you, well. Pro pedophilia? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, and then 
And then the rabbit hole. Then the rabbit hole comes in. From there, the logical next step, especially on Instagram, Instagram is a huge place for marketers. It's one of the most marketing-friendly social media platforms out there. The logical next step is product endorsements and other social media grifts, of course. But the main thing is product endorsements. And so many of them are things like supplements. And this is where... People like David Avocado Wolf, pioneers of this. His telegram is fascinating because what he'll do, and I mean, I don't know if this is intentional or not, but I really like the poetry in it where he will post a lot of stuff, really right-leaning stuff, but really inflammatory, nasty stuff. Vaccine passports are coming. Vaccines will kill you. Your life is in threat. Everyone's trying to harm you. Bill Gates is going to sterilize your children. And then he'll sell you like a CBD supplement which is going to calm down your anxiety. Oh, gee, <laughs> gee, Dave, where did they get this anxiety from? Where, where do you – how'd that happen? I, I, I was really on it. I was really on edge there, Dave, but <laughs> these $50 a pill fucking treatments have made me feel a lot calmer. Yes, until yeah, I read your so next fucking telegram spiel. That's fucking torture. Yeah, and then I'm terrified again, reach for another. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, exactly. a, it's a cycle it's ridiculous. of Because you've got this thing of like, you know, people saying horrifying things about child abuse, about Bill Gates trying to basically take over the world, about vaccines poisoning you, about things in the in the drinking water, about chemtrails above you poisoning you. There's right. all these things about fear, but then they'll say things like, oh, we choose faith over fear here. You know, we have we have hope. <laughs> it's bullshit. You make up sexually violent fairy tales to scare the shit out of people, and then you sell them anti-anxiety medicine that may or may not work. I mean, fuck you. Fuck you. Our very own uh, Rafa Fernandez has done this uh, very well. He's a regular yeah, he speaker at anti-lockdown rallies and a general internet pest. He's good at <laughs> rolling people up about 5G and COVID-19, blah, blah, blah. And surprise, surprise, sell some bullshit stone called Shungite, yeah. which, of course, protects you from 5G. Oh, thank God for that. Otherwise, you know, yeah. you'd be gone. So yeah. it works, though, because 5G isn't harmful. <laughs> yes, so, it works by if default. Yeah, that's right. There's nothing wrong with 5G. And, <laughs> and But he's selling stuff that will cure cure you of, what, of what's ailing you. I'm, yeah. I'm absolutely sure what he's doing is illegal. But the declawed defang cat, the um, TGA, seems to do fuck all about it. Therapeutic yep. Goods Administration. I mean, they did yep. crack down hard, but you've really got to make complaints. This is the thing. Yeah. You've actually got to let them know. Then They're really, again, not a policing body. They are in a way, but they're not an investigative body is probably what I should yep. say. And so and like Pete Evans' biocharger fine was as much as he made on the biocharger. He broke even on the fine. Yeah, look, I understand it, but at the same time, the reason the TGA acted, TGA acted is because they became aware of it, you know. And yeah. they became yeah, they aware need to be of reported upon, yeah. So where you yeah. do have, don't don't be frightened of, of of contacting the TGA and making a complaint where these things occur. Yeah, that's pretty. That's actually really good advice. Like uh, I tell you what, TGA, anyone from the TGA is listening, give me a call. I will I will I will provide you with whatever you want to fucking know. <laughs> I will do that absolutely free of charge, just for the love of it. Yes, Bloody. look. Um, uh, the TGA is basically it's, it's their own FDA, if you like. Yes, as such, uh, and they're quite uh, harsh too. And and really, it's basically they will follow up um, claims, but they can't basically be expected to find them because they're yeah. not an investigative body. They can only act on information that they've received. So yeah, it's good. You know, it's a good idea. You know, it was great to see Pete Evans. I mean, you say yeah, he probably made money out of. Out of the out of the weird lamp, anyway, 
but yep. he made at least twenty five grand uh, because the TGA got involved and fined yeah. him. Yeah, and, and look, it was, a, it was a good statement saying we're not going to stand for this sort of thing. Yeah, and. One thing that I think is a fertile ground for grifters, and I'm sure this is being done. I know a lot of QAnon um, guys ask for Bitcoin, uh-huh. but when it comes to Bitcoin, there's a lot of things like, you know, uh, basically scams where you buy a Bitcoin, but the Bitcoin doesn't actually exist and they rely on their own trading mechanisms. And at the end of the day, it's a Ponzi scheme. And if they go bust, they just go bust and your money's just gone. Mm. No, that's this true. Ha- I haven't seen a lot of this happening yet, but I think it's going to happen. I think it's going I to happen a lot. Yeah, it could kick off. I mean, look, the first element is just tax evasion, mate. You know, they're, yeah. they're, they're obviously not paying tax on sales and these sorts of things. They, can, they figure, because they're not very bright, they figure they can cover this up with <laughs> yeah. Bitcoin. Um, yeah, uh, with, and, with, yeah. Bitcoin and they say it's all on the ledger, but like – your wallet is not public information unless you make it public information. So mm. as we've discussed in other episodes, the only way people know that your Bitcoin wallet is yours is when you're putting it all over the internet asking for money. But all you need to do is to make <laughs> another Bitcoin wallet, which you use that you don't tell people about on the fucking internet. And yes, it Hot is point. anonymous then. Don't, don't tell people. Don't tell people your wallet number. Yes, I should not be um, telling you guys this. You got, you got, I'm giving you the keys <laughs> to a fucking grift. But like, this is the thing I think will be the next thing to look at, which is going to be... Because yeah. JP Sears, uh, just well, the most unfunny shit comedian. Well, it's an mm. investment mechanism. So JP Sears and Pete Evans both spruik Bitcoin in a really big way. It's a it's a political statement against fiat currency. Pete still learning what that is, uh, but <laughs> essentially, it's it, it appreciates a value. It's a political statement against the government, and it's also one of those things where you can like you know discuss yet another anti-establishment thing and have people look into it. It's got that sort of like, you know, searchability. It's got that hotness. Yeah, that's, uh, that's all that benefit, of course, but it, but it's fundamentally about making the black, making the money black straight away. Yeah, and, yeah. and, and a lot of Pete's supporters have been, um, been saying that and he recently had a Telegram post saying, you know, like, I think you've got the wrong idea about Bitcoin. It's like, well, actually, no, all that, you know, child trafficking you, you say you don't like, Bitcoin. Champion, it's all underpinned by Bitcoin. <laughs> there's tons of cash. Obviously, there's still lots of US dollars involved and things like that. But the thing that makes selling kitty porn real easy, Bitcoin. Bitcoin. That's yeah. that's what makes exactly that, right. that's what makes it exactly right. The, because the kitty fitting the world go around. It's a currency of the black market, and <clears throat> and yeah, that's right. So uh, yes, uh, these people are just jumping on that, and and that's the, the that's the whole idea, you know. An yep. eye-opening example of how extensive the far-right influence goes into these communities was the way in which Duterra ba- uh, backflipped yep. on their uh, Pete Evans exile. When yeah, Evans was did. shown to have neo-Nazi leanings, brands ran for the hills to get away from his toxic fascist image, and most brands were reported for this. But Duterra learned a lesson that day. Their selling ranks are full of people who are suddenly okay with neo-Nazis. Mm-hmm. And while the American organisation would have been would have seen getting rid of Pete as being a no-brainer, it turns out they had no idea that essential oils attracted the fucking hard right. It still perplexes me. <laughs> it was quite an alarming thing to, to watch too. unfold. And we will look further into the way in which the hard right, including full-blown Nazis, have seen the wellness community as a fertile ground for new members. We'll have a look at that next week. See, the, the Nazi name has had a bit of a PR problem. You know, Just a smidge. Particularly in the yep. late 1940s. Uh, but it's never too late <laughs> to rebrand, and that's what they're doing. Pastel Q and a surge in confusion in the wellness community has left a gaping vacuum of ideologies. 
um, before you can say Jewish globalists, you've got yourself a few uh, choice candidates uh, for the new face of neo-Nazis who look relatively harmless, you know. Look relatively harmless, and look, they're just selling really diets, and they she's a nice cook, and um, oh, and she's a really great yoga. She takes a great yoga class, I tell you. Yeah, and she's pretty hot. Nazis, and, <clears throat> so yep. tune in to next week. We're going to have a real good crack at that. We'll name names. We'll yeah. name Nazi names. Uh, tune into that next week, and uh, and we'll have a look how that's all playing out. But in the meantime, yep. If there's one person that could do with a little bit more wellness, it's uh, yes, Eric Trump. He's not well. He's a, he's a good looking boy. Good looking, sure. Boy, yeah. yeah. He's just he's plagued with health issues. It seems his almonds, far from being activated, may well be coated in some kind of mysterious poison. <laughs> Often showing a faint sprinkle of mysterious dust after his dad walks past his feeding bowl. Has the Don been putting some Novichok flakes in Eric's almond trough? <laughs> no, he knows a few Russians. It's hard to say. Yeah, yeah but it yeah. would explain a lot. We can't say for sure. We can't well, no, say we can't sure. say for sure. No, it, it's you know, it's, it's, it's libelous. You know, so, but in the meantime, I think we should check in on our favourite son. Well, f- third favourite. He's in the running. He's, he's, well, he's in there. He's okay. in the same room. Well, there's one thing we know for sure. He's like a, a bastard on, on Father's Day. Next week for Eric Trump this week, Joel, a time of reflection for Eric, a time to look back and make some sense of things before looking forward and then looking up and then down before twirling around and around and around, having to sit down before he vomits all over his trousers again. Eric Trump has not been idle, Joel. I can report Eric, who is not just the idiot fail son of the Trump empire, and not only is he a good-looking boy and sufferer of more exotic skin conditions per square inch of skin than anyone in medical history, with the possible exception of that kid from Honduras who was born with his guts on the outside of his body. Eric Trump, good-looking boy, is now Mm. Eric Trump, consumer advocate. Earlier in the week, Eric Trump, who buys his own petrol. Ah. He doesn't need to pay someone to do it for him, not like his dad. Love Love you, Dad! Dad. Who pays Donnie Jr. four bucks an hour to do his shopping and deal with the blacks. (laughs) Eric loves the smell of petrol, Joel. The Americans call it gas, of course. Anyway, Eric was down at the (laughs) survey with a couple of plastic bags, only to check the price, which he tweeted up as $5.99 a gallon. That's a lot. A gallon is a lot for Eric. He normally only buys gas in baggies. Uh, But it's bloody dear, and he let everyone know about it on Twitter when he tweeted, gas prices going through the roof. Thanks, Joe Biden. But unfortunately for Eric, he hadn't noticed what he took a pick of was actually the aviation fuel bowser, Avgas. And long story short, quite a lot of it got up his nose and in his ears. Eric started running around with his arms extended (laughs) saying, "Wee." I'm an aeroplane. But he had to stop that, lest his body temperature rise and he glowed orange and burst into flame. Eric has now become a fire danger and could explode, self-combust at any moment, unless Mm. he's mined. Unless we're able to get a drill team down there, drilled about a foot and a half, I reckon, and suck the noxious, noxious gases straight out of him, store it and sell it to the Chinese. The experts say Eric's gases could supply enough energy to power the entire eastern seaboard, which includes Mar-a-Lago, where his dad, love, love you, dad, dad. <laughs> will surely, will surely notice the killing he's made on his power bills and give Eric 
that hug he's been waiting for for 42 years. <laughs> uh, Eric's answer, uh, Eric's ass. Eric's ass could be the answer to the world's future energy needs, Joel. It's not clean energy, of course, nor is it renewable because Eric could become a human fireball at any tick of the clock. And Eric gone, we'd have to mine Baron. But again, how long would he last? But it's a start. And hats off to Eric for trying. Mm. You might have got pissy with uh, about petrol prices this week, but you didn't actually try and do anything about it, Joel. But we can't worry about that now. We can't bother ourselves no. with the fact no. that Eric Trump could burst into flame and be incinerated, leaving nothing more than a small oily smudge on the cement for a corpse. We can't worry about that because it is time to huddle around the crystal set <laughs> excitedly because we've looked at the clock and we know it's time for this. It's the week in Pete Evans. <laughs> Well, it has been a very big weekend, Pete Evans, and to be honest, a pretty bloody big weekend, thanks to the two Toms of my life, Howcroft and Ellis, because uh, they both got me quite pissed on Friday and Saturday, and I'm a little bit hungover this morning. But, (laughs) Pete, his week has been big beyond belief. I like to think he's got a bit of a headache too after this fucking week. He's been hitting something Mm. really hard. (laughs) You've been on the alcohol, Joel. If he hasn't been on the alcohol, he's got no excuse. I've got an excuse. I've been on the alcohol. I smell like varnish. (laughs) I'm back on the horse. I'm back on the horse because, you know. Way to go. The airwaves wait for no one. Yeah. Well, opening the week, we saw Pete return to Facebook. Well, it's a half return to Facebook. The GAP set up a uh, Pete Evans for Senate page, shamelessly using his headshot from My Kitchen Rules. His awkward (laughs) return to conventional social media has been a fucking treat. So Page has been up for almost a week now and it's been subject (laughs) to almost no moderation. If any comments have been deleted, I haven't noticed and I've been looking at it a little too closely. (laughs) Um, You know, let's face it, Pete Evans is one of my hobbies. So whether this is because they never made Evans an actual admin, which is what my money's on, or they're sticking to their guns about their love for free speech, it's uncertain. But it's modern contemporary <laughs> art. This is the internet being the internet. Evans is just getting dragged <laughs> in the comments. So the GAP put up these like random excerpts from the fucking constitution, which obviously Evans has <laughs> no thoughts or idea of whatsoever. No He's just names just plastered no down answers. the bottom. And the internet, just the comments are just absolutely savage. A lot of the posts are simply goading Evans into blocking them because they're so used to this exchange where you go on Evans' page, have a swipe. You say yeah. anything that isn't mm. adulation and you just get fucking done. So all these posts are like, oh, block me, <laughs> dickhead, which is pretty funny because everyone's used to the whole Banhammer thing, blah, blah, blah. But now these block me, dickhead posts are just sitting there awkwardly waiting to be deleted, mm. but they're not. So it's, it's kind of funny. There's all these posts that are sort of like, they're almost getting like burned <laughs> by being there because it's proving them wrong. But as usual, Pete's followers seem to find it very difficult to watch their cult light leader being criticised in public. They're Think not used alone. to it. So they're begging for the Leave trolls to be removed. Oh, ban alone. them, ban them, they say. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, like they really like, the, you know, they, they love daddy. So this, of course, results in them just being brutally mocked for being like free speech warriors that want everyone that they just disagree with to be blocked and banned from the internet. And it just ends up being this real mess, but like a quite a funny and poetic mess. Now, my money is on the fact that GAP do not trust Pete with the keys to the car, so he's stuck in the passenger seat, basically forced to watch as the car just drives <laughs> off the cliff. Because let's face it, if you give Pete the keys to the car, he's going to post Nazi memes. It's what he does. He can't help himself. He's got no self-discipline. So 
I mean, my guess is he's going to need a shitload of ketamine to wash down the comments because he might actually see uncensored what people, <laughs> people think of him. Actual like people. Him very much. It's, no, they don't. He's an incredibly unpopular person. <laughs> it's just, oh, his narcissism is going to be really taking a hit yeah. this week. So. This isn't the only challenge that Pete is facing in accepting his invitation to the Senate, of course. Pete's decision to go into politics has all sorts of annoying obstacles. Now, not only does he have to win a pesky election, I guess, but he also has to nudge aside a far more qualified candidate Uh-oh. for the top spot on the ticket. So, so, yeah, I mean, so like- the GAP, as far as we know, haven't yet decided whether Pete will be number one on the New South Wales ticket or number two. There are only two. We just don't know because here's a bloke who came first, Matthew Hopkins. Now, I don't know Matthew Hopkins from a bar of shit, and I've basically paraphrased his bio page mm. of the GAP, but he's just finished his Bachelor so of Laws at UNE, and he would have been the most annoying fucking student going, oh, yeah, excuse me, Professor, did you know that Australia is a corporation? <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. It's not. But it's actually really interesting. So this guy, he also did a Bachelor of Environmental Management at UQ. He spent seven years in the Australian Army and then went on to work for the public service in the Department of Environment and the Department of Climate Change, working on renewable energy policy, which I would imagine if he's running for the GAP, he also spent a lot of time saying, um, I know we're, like, I'm in the Department of Climate Change, but it shouldn't be called the Department of Hoaxes. <laughs> uh, I don't actually know whether he's a climate change denier or not, but I mean, he will not be popular in this party if he isn't. So... This has, to be fair, and as he says, given him an understanding of how He's got a bit of a resume. He does have a bit of a resume. This guy's got it like, I I just, I think he's like, he's he's, a, he's in a lunatic party. He's not as much of a lunatic on paper as he must be to have actually aligned with these fuckers. Now, here's the fun thing, and this is the thing that might be the kicker for him. He might not be a soft sit. He might not be a climate change denier. I don't know. But one thing he's had is a nasty experience in the uh-huh. family law court. So- he basically says that he had a very unpleasant Ouch. experience there, didn't enjoy it much, and this may resonate with the whole abolish the family court policy, which, yeah. to be honest, I think the Liberal Party yeah, used to do that anyway, well, so maybe your relevance is really... So, unfortunately, the uh, the resume of this man, which is fairly extensive, is going to be facing off with a resume <laughs> of pizza cook and ketamine user, uh, and he might come second best to that. Uh, maybe Matthew could start uh, doing a bit of cat in his spare time and maybe he'll get bumped up to the number one spot. Just to give our listeners an indication, if Pete was second on the ticket, the Great Australia Party would have to get around about 30% of the primary vote in New South Wales and primary Senate vote, yeah, which is, yeah, that happening? It's, look, it's an outside chance, Zero. I think you'd have to say. It's an outside chance. It is an outside chance in an outside race. It's just not going to fucking happen. So what is it going to be? Like, is the GAP going to sell out this loyal member to ride this wave of woo science in the Senate? I personally I think, so. think that's happening. I think so. Um, I think- but if they don't, like, what's going to happen to Pete's invitation to the Senate? I reckon he's just going to rock up to the member's entrance in Canberra wearing no shoes and saying, oh, my oh, name's Jesus. on the door. Just like Jesus. I'm on the door. And the secos there is like, mate, I know who you are. Fuck off. No, 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 no. I'm a, I'm a member. Mate, you didn't win the election. I watched. <laughs> I mean, I've been invited. No, I'm I, on the I door. Can, I can I'm on show the door. you the card. <laughs> <laughs> I've got the email. Just give us a second. Just give us a second. Just, 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 just give us a second. He used to work so, do, you, do you remember Rodney Cullen? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's totally not bankrupt. So it's funny because Hopkins has fuck all chance of getting no. up this election. He never really did and neither does Pete either. But you've got to feel for him putting his name out there as a candidate for a sobsip fringe party after just getting his useless piece of paper from UNE that basically says, I shouldn't be a sobsip yet, here I am. And 
He's just about to he's get the arse from a fucking he's about to be given the flick to the number two position. Yeah. How upsetting. I mean, like politics yeah. is a rough game, but I mean that is just fucked. Now, it's not all rough times because sometimes it's actually a bit of fun. Politics can be fun. You just need to be in the right place at the right time. And the right place is China. And the right time is when Dan Andrews is visiting. Because sometimes in politics, you could get on the oh, Have an you, alcohol. You could have an alcohol. You could have an alcohol. Maybe a few. Maybe a couple. You know, indulge. So after getting on the beers, the only thing you can do to really finish off the night is to engage in some casual infidelity, hopefully with a Chinese well, Now. Thanks, as usual, to at Cam Lives here, who is a fucking Evans whisperer on Twitter for digging up this horrific soundbite. I can't imagine how many hours of yeah, shit you had to really sit through. Sorry for Cam. Thank you for it. Thank you for your hard work, Cam. There's some other great stuff there that he hasn't brought up because he's really good at curating the thing. I tell you what, I'd be posting it all. I, I'm a glutton. Uh, but it would seem that gra- uh, Pete has graduated from the school of someone told me or mm. I invite you to look at and just gone straight to baseless defamatory mm. claims. Um, it's just, uh, yeah, I think he needs a bit of a, a lesson on that. I think uh, to we'll get see one. how that goes. He's made very soon, yeah, well, somewhere you know, from somewhere or other. Yeah. In the post. But making a direct accusation that American Democrat Congressman uh, Eric Swalwell, was, he was rooting a Chinese spy and was therefore compromised. Now, Pete, hot tip, it's a suspected Chinese spy. Suspected. Like they say alleged, like, you know, just here's a lesson for you. Uh, but it then goes on to say fairly awkwardly that Dan Andrews has likely done the same. Here's the quote. He likes to drink alcohol. He likes to get on the beers. I wonder what's happened in some of those trips over there when he's got on the beers or the alcohol in a foreign country without his family. Ooh. Now, casting aside how fucking awkward he says the alcohol, <laughs> like you're some sort of like, you know, like librarian in the 1930s in those like, you know, sort of like, you know, prohibition movements, you fucking mole. You just can't say that. Three alcohols. Three alcohols, please, barkeep. Three alcohols, please, with some ice in one of them. <laughs> like, just fucking fuck. So, luckily, Dan Andrews is probably a little bit more interested in learning how to walk again after his horrific mm. fall than suing Evans for his evolved sanctuary money and, you know, maybe a few bags of DMT. And obviously, this was always going to happen. But here's Pete's two cents on Dan's injuries. Uh, this is from his telegram. To be clear... I do find this show quite entertaining oh. at the moment. Popcorn emoji, wow. clown emoji, heart emoji. How do you fucking mock someone that just fell over and had a spinal and then sign off with a heart? <laughs> you just can't. Like, you just can't just use a, a heart there. Terrible, You're not allowed. Terrible, 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 <laughs> a terrible like, person. Just what? I feel like I'm being gaslit and like I'm doing this to take the piss out of him and I'm just like... My brain can't handle that. How that is love is just mm. fucking beyond me. So, yeah, mocking the injured is just a big old hug from Pete. So, it's been a very Huge. big week in uh, Pete Evans. And honestly, we actually omitted a lot of the stuff this week because well, that only scratches the surface. He's been on fucking fire. But in lieu of appearing to be actually obsessed with the guy as opposed to just being a weekly novelty, I've had to leave it there. His telegram is, as usual, an absolute dumpster fire of medical misinformation about COVID and made up claims of harm from the vaccine. Some gronk gave him this lovely T-shirt that says, fake virus, deadly vaccine on the front and a whole bunch of anti-vax tropes on the back. And the idea this idiot is being invited <laughs> into the Senate is not only just far off the mark, just 
fucking sad. And this won't stop him inserting brainworms into minds of followers and turning them into program conspiracy sheep. A truly malignant actor who I just can't wait to just vanish. <laughs> and you have been listening to the Conditional Release Program with your host Jack the Insider and Joel Hill. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe subscribe button. And if you've enjoyed our bullshit, throw us a five-star review on your podcast app. Jack can be found on Twitter on at Jack the Insider and Joel on at Crunchy Moses with a K. Now, we set up a Facebook page and a Facebook group, which you can find fairly easily. The group is the Conditional Release Program shitposting group. We're just going to post things here and there, you know, articles and things, you know, chat amongst ourselves and, you know, maybe uh, harass and cyberbully people, but on a much nicer platform to do it. Promoting a podcast is easier said than done. So if you would share this episode or any other episodes you've liked, just share them. Share them around. Uh, you know, make people listen to them at gunpoint. I don't care. And finally, all feedback, <laughs> tips, there. and death threats should be sent to the conditional release program at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you, even if you're going to sell us some overpriced vitamins with hysterical health claims off the back of a meme about fucking kids in tunnels. That's it. There's no such thing as bad publicity. Thanks, Thanks guys. Listeners. See you later. Catch you next week.